Today, I've entitled the message a prayer of blessing. And God wants to bless his people more than we can imagine. He really does. And as I look back over my life and just the blessings that God has poured into my life, it's, it's amazing. I think of times in my life where I, I could easily be dead, but only by the grace of God, only by the mercy of God in my life. I remember when I was 23 years old, a buddy and I, I had a nice, shiny, bright red-orange Camaro. And he and I got the bright idea. We were talking and said, let's, uh, let's go to Myrtle Beach and let's go camping. So we talked about it. And the next thing you know, we were going to leave, you know, the next morning. And the more we talked about it, the more excited we got that we just left that night. It was really about 2 o'clock in the morning. We loaded everything up and hit the road. And I started driving, and I was okay for a little while, but the next morning, because it was uh, probably a 12-hour drive, something like that, and um, I was driving the next morning at probably 10 o'clock in the morning, and I had been driving all night. And um, I remember, I don't remember how it happened, but I fell asleep at the wheel. And... um, I have no idea how my car stayed on the road, in the lane. I do remember opening my eyes and seeing a boat right in front of me. I wasn't in the water. (laughs) There was a guy pulling a boat, and I could have easily crashed into him. And it scared me. And then the next thing I hear is uh, these people drive up beside us and they're waving us off to the side of the road and I go over to the side of the road and, and the guy said, your tailpipe is dragging. <laughs> I have no idea how long that thing had been dragging. All I know is the whole bottom end of it was wore off. <laughs> probably been miles. And I, I didn't catch it probably because I was so sleepy and tired. But I look back at that and I could have easily, young people listen to me, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Stop and pull off and get some rest. And that's just one example of many. As I look back on my life, it was the blessing of God, the protection of God, when I didn't make the best choice. And so as we think about a prayer of blessing and how God wants to bless our lives, the word blessing... The Hebrew word for blessing is used over 640 times in the Old Testament. That's how much God wants to bless his people. Um, Over 640 times. And so we see this in Scripture. Look what it says here in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And God what? Right after he created them, he blessed them. That's God's desire is to bless his people. He said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice, be fruitful and multiply. The fact that you and I can reproduce offspring is a blessing of God. Parents, thank God for your children. And here's how you can also thank God for your children. Bless your children. Bless them. Bless your grandchildren. Those of you who have great-grandchildren, bless them. God has called us to bless our children. 
and our grandchildren. We should be blessing one another in the church as well. God wants to bless the church, his people. Blessing is so crucial. God says to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And what does God do, say he's going to do for Abram? I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Make your name great so that you will be a blessing. See, God wants to bless his people. When we get to Genesis 24, it says that Abram is now old in years and God blessed him in everything in his life. It's the blessing of God. If you open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6, we're going to look at a very specific prayer of blessing. This prayer of blessing was actually the responsibility of the priests who served in the tabernacle or tent of meeting. They called it tent of meeting because they moved it from place to place until they got into the promised land and then they set up the tabernacle. They were given that responsibility to bless God's people. And I think when we get to the New Testament, it tells us that we are a chosen generation, a royal what? Priesthood. God has called us into the priesthood as fathers, grandfathers, for the purpose of blessing our children and making a difference in their lives with those blessings. But I will be quick to say even though we pronounce a blessing or offer a prayer of blessing for our families, for our wives, our children, our grandchildren, ultimately, we don't bless them. I want to be clear on that. God does. We are just the vehicle, and we are trying to be obedient to God, but ultimate blessing comes from God. We can't force his hand. He is the one who blesses, but he wants us to pray, I think, those prayers of blessing on our kids and our grandkids. Numbers covers a period of 40 years in the wilderness wanderings. The actual book of Numbers means in the desert. They wandered in the desert, and so in this book we see the instructions of how they are to travel through the wilderness. The responsibility of the Levites and priests to bless the people and to serve the people and offer sacrifice for sins of the people. He also talks about purity in the camp, how they are to remain pure. So the prayer of blessing was also a prayer to sanctify the camp, to sanctify God's people. And here's what he says in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. That was God's desire to bless his people. The context of this blessing is like a benediction offered at the end of a service. The priest would offer two sacrifices, one for his own sin, 
and one for the sins of the people. And then, after he offered those sacrifices, he would go to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and he would come out of that tabernacle and tent of meeting, and he would raise his hands and he would bless the people after the sacrifice. Does that remind us of anything in the New Testament? Jesus gives his life on the cross and the blessing of God's people come after the sacrifice that God has given for us. The blessing of God was intended to sanctify the people. The blessing of God comes when we choose to live in purity before God. In Orthodox Jewish homes, every Friday night, a father will bring his family together for a time of blessing. That still happens today. Also in Jewish culture, you will see there's a rabbinic tradition that continues to this day, and I actually witnessed it when I was in Jerusalem just several weeks ago, and that is this. They still do the Jewish bar mitzvahs for the young boys becoming of age and the bat mitzvahs for the young ladies who are coming of age. It's a celebration. There's music going. They have a big canopy over the the child, and they march through the city. They're singing and celebrating. And I don't know what all they do for that ceremony, but it's a special time in recognition of this child coming of age. And the purpose is to bless. Some of you were a part of the Christian bar mitzvah we had here for Brandon. We did one for Ryan before we moved here. But when we moved here several years ago, over in our fellowship, over in our Awana room, I invited several of our men and their sons to a special ceremony for Brandon when he was 13, maybe 14. And I asked them to bring a special message to give to him, to bless him, to challenge him. But they also brought a symbol. And the symbol was there to remind Brandon that when he looks at that symbol, he can be reminded of the blessing and the challenge that was given to him. You don't have to raise your hand, but the guys that were a part of that and and gave a challenge, do you remember the symbol you gave to Brandon? My guess is most of you do, because symbols are not easily forgotten. There's something about a symbol that sticks in our mind because it's visual. And God wants to bless his people, and he's done that with symbols as well. He did that with a rainbow in the sky, didn't he? A symbol to bless his people. Many people have grown up in homes where there was no blessing. I feel sad about that. I feel heartbroken about that because you didn't have a father and a mother who was in a position to bless you. God can do that through other people. He can do it through the church, through other people, And that's a wonderful thing. And I think you need to understand that God wants to bless you in spite of the fact that you may have grown up in a home that did not have that. And God's blessing is stronger than any curse. 
The Bible tells us that Jesus became a curse for us. And God's desire in blessing us is that we might bless others. He blessed Israel so that they would be a blessing to the nations. He said, I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'm going to skip through some of these because there's a lot of different uh, scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 33, Moses comes before the Israelites to bless the Israelites. He says, thus the Lord became king in Jeshurun when the heads of the people were gathered and all the tribes of Israel together. Oops. Maybe it was before that. Let me just go back here. This is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the people of Israel before his death. He blessed them with a prayer. God wants to bless his people. John Trent and Gary Smalley, in their book called The Blessing, they state, when we experience God's blessing and learn to bless others, we are connected to the major purpose for our creation. The second thing they said about blessing was it was a time to pull together a group. In the Old Testament, many examples exist of a blessing being given to unite a group of people. Melchizedek is a good example. He had Abraham gather his family together and he blessed them as a group. Now I'm just going to skip through this. So how do we bless our families. First of all, you bless your family by praying for godly devotion and security. Notice what he says here in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. When God pours out his blessing upon people, it is so that they will know him. And they will walk in godly devotion. They will walk in obedience to the Lord. We need to pray that our children will walk in obedience to God. That's how he will bless them. Pray that your children will fear the Lord. Fear his word. Reverence him. Respect him in everything that they do. Whether they're with family. Whether they're with friends. Whether they're with classmates at school. Pray that they will have the courage to walk in obedience to God's commands. And that's a blessing of how you can bless your children. Pray that they will have a life of holiness and purity, a hatred for sin. Pray that they will have a mind and body dedicated to God. Pray that they will have a life shielded from sin and danger. God actually impressed this upon me the end of April. When I was gone during my sabbatical, I did a lot of journaling, writing down. And back in my journal, the end of April, right after we left, uh, I came across this passage, and I'm like, why don't I pray that for my kids? Why don't I pray that for my wife? Why don't I pray that for my family? Why don't I pray that for our church? And I think that it's a prayer 
It's a, it's a, a prayer that we can pray to bless one another. And I would encourage you to make this a regular part. I try to pray this prayer every day for my boys in different aspects that I'm sharing with you, a life of obedience, a life of hatred for sin, all these things that we can pray that they will be godly, devoted to Christ. Their speech, their attitude, their behavior, their relationships would be pleasing to the Lord. Their decisions that they make will be Christ-honoring. You may say this, though. You may be a parent here today and your heart is ripped out or a grandparent because you say, my son or daughter or grandchild wants nothing to do with God. How am I supposed to pray a prayer of blessing when they are living in disobedience? Let me encourage you with this. You can pray that God will bless them by turning their hearts to him. Turning their hearts to the Lord. Look at Lamentations 2.19. Arise, cry out in the night at the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. What does he say? Lift your hands to him for the lives of your children. Cry out to the Lord. And I know some of you are doing that and have done that for a long time. Continue to do that. That God would bless them by turning to him and becoming his child. I'm praying with you, parents, grandparents, for the ones that I know, that God would turn their hearts to the Lord. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Israel was greatly blessed by God's amazing deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. That should be a great encouragement for people that still have loved ones who are lost that you're praying for. Because you talk about an impossible situation. They had been in Egyptian bondage for 400 years. And God blessed them by delivering them and sending a deliverer. So you can pray that God will deliver your loved one as well. And the purpose of that blessing was that God would bless all the nations through Israel. And I believe that that's why God's had his hand of blessing on the United States as well. He wants us to be a blessing to the nations, to bless the other nations. Israel was greatly blessed by God. He blessed them as they came out of Egyptian bondage. He delivered them from their enemies. As they went in to take the land, God delivered the enemies into their hands. He fought for them and strengthened them to fight their enemies. God blessed the wombs of women in childbearing, as well as livestock, herds, and flocks. I know we have some farmers that have heavy hearts, and rightfully so. It's been an incredible year with the rain, the flooding, and I'm not a farmer, but I can only imagine we need to pray that God will bless the farmer and provide for them what they need.
God bless the Israelites with a Sabbath rest. I don't know about you, but I love Sunday afternoons. He's blessed us with a Sabbath rest. He blessed the Israelites with a Sabbath rest. He blessed them with a celebration of God's faithfulness in providing for their needs. In Exodus 34, they would have a festival and celebrate the harvest of God's bountiful blessing to them. A second way we can bless our families. Bless your family by praying for God's glory to be reflected and God's grace to be recognized. God blesses the Israelites by putting his name on them. Look at the very last verse of the, ch- of the chapter. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. He made a covenant with his people. He blessed Israel by giving them a land in which they could dwell. He blessed them by performing wonders for them in the wilderness. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He provided for them for 40 years in the wilderness wanderings. God blessed Israel with sacrificial givers who gave jewelry and ornaments to construct the tabernacle. They recognized the glory of God and the grace of God in their lives. Look what it says in regard to their their giving. This is in Exodus chapter 35. 20 to 23. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all were who have a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship. Why did God give those gifts to the Israelites? To bless them but not just to bless them so they could bless God. Because what did they do with their skill, their intelligence, their knowledge, and their craftsmanship? They built the tabernacle for God. A place where God's name, God's glory, God's character could be recognized. They recognized the glory of God. And that's why God blesses us. Why does he bless Bethesda Church? So that we will be a blessing in this community. So that God's name and glory can be known. That's why he blesses us. Why do we want our children to be blessed? Simply to have a good life? No. It's so that God's name will be known. God's glory will spread. God's grace will... We will be not only recipients, but givers of God's grace. He goes on to say that they devised artistic designs 
another blessing from God, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cutting stones for setting, carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. God gave those gifts and abilities. He blessed them so they would promote God's glory. Now, I know not everybody can swing a hammer. Some of you hammer like lightning. You never strike twice in the same place. Um, some of you can't sew. You can have a sewing thing, but I mean, some of you would be performing acupuncture. Um, God gives these gifts, though, to different people. And I love it because Jesslyn, when she gave the announcement, she said, so we can bless others. <laughs> That's the purpose, to bless others with the gifts and abilities we have to promote the Lord's work. It says he even goes on and he inspired them to teach, both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahishamach of the tribe of Dan, filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or designer or an embroiderer and all these different colors and yarns and twisted linen by any sort of workman or skilled designer Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord, and look, in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord commanded. What a blessing that they could build God's church, his sanctuary. Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come up and do the work. God blesses us that we might live lives worthy of him. Seek to magnify him in our marriages, in our families, in our offspring, that our children would embrace the God of the Bible. The moon is a reflection of the sun, and in a very real sense, our lives are a reflection of what we spend our time doing. If we spend our time with God, we will reflect his glory to those around us. When Moses spent his time in God's presence, what happened to his face? It shone. It shone so bright that he had to put a veil over his face to cover it. And notice what it says here in verse 25. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Moses' face shone by being in the presence of God's glory and so will ours when we're in the glory of God. That's the blessing of God. When we spend time with him, our faces show it. There's a countenance. Remember Stephen in the New Testament? Stephen, the chapter before he is stoned. He's before the Sanhedrin. He's giving a testimony. They are enraged and furious. And he gazes, and they're gazing at him. All who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Why? Because he had spent time in God's presence. Psalm 34, 5 says, Those who look to him and are radiant, their faces will never be ashamed. The third way we can bless our families. We can bless our families 
by praying for God's presence and peace to be experienced. Notice he goes on to say in verse 26, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. For them to experience God's presence in the midst of a storm, that's how you can pray for your children and grandchildren. Because they will face some storms in their lives. But you can pray that in the midst of the storms that they would experience the peace of God which passes all understanding. And the peace of God will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he prays that they will have peace. When they pillow their head at night, they will rest at night because they feel the presence of God. Jesus was with his disciples in the storm. Remind your children and grandchildren through your prayers that God will be with them, Emmanuel, God with us. And I would say to the farmers, God is with you in the midst of a tumultuous year. When do we want our children and grandchildren to begin to recognize the presence of God? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. I love the example of Jesus in Mark chapter 10. It says they were bringing children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. This is another form of blessing, by the way, is touching. Because one of the things the Pharisees would not do is touch people. Why? They were afraid of becoming ceremonially unclean. Jesus broke that by touching people. He would touch the leper. He would touch the sick. He wanted to bless them. They're bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuke them. I have done this on occasion. I wish I would have done it more, but I did do it on occasion, is I would put my hand on my son's head when I prayed for him. There's something about the power of touch or on their shoulder. There's something about the power of touch, I think, in doing that. There's a blessing that comes with that an affirmation of who they are and who God made them to be. So what does Jesus do? They're bringing them to him. They might touch them. He held them in his arms. And it says, when he saw that the disciples were pushing the people away, he's pushing the parents away and the people from bringing their children, Jesus is indignant and says to them, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child, shall not enter it. He blessed them. Peace and presence. Now these children were too young to understand the concept of personal sin and responsibility before God, and yet he still blessed them in their innocence. And by the way, if you, this is, that's in Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16, but if you go to Luke chapter 18, it's the same account. But in that account, what you have is it says not children. Luke uses the word babies. Isn't that interesting? 
that Jesus is blessing the babies. And I think he is providing a special grace for them that if they don't live in long enough to understand who he is, that they are covered. He's got them covered. He blesses them because he says they're a part of his kingdom. And he blesses them. He doesn't say they're sinless, but he says there's a special grace for them until they reach that age of accountability. So pray that they will experience peace when they face a disappointment or a challenge. They may face a financial challenge, a relational challenge, a physical challenge. Whatever those challenges are, pray that they will experience God's presence and his peace. And they would experience that in a very real way. As we close our service today, I'm going to ask all school-age children, and if you have really young kids, and you don't, I understand that you don't want to turn them loose on their own, but I want all our kids just to come up here, up front, they can come on the platform or down here and stand. We want to have a prayer of blessing for our kids. We actually have a video that we want to show. Just come up here, kids, right in the front. And we want to have a prayer of blessing for you as you go back to school. And I want to encourage our church family to pray for our kids as they go back to school. God has blessed this church with a lot of wonderful kids. And we want them to be blessed. Yep, come on up. Come on up. There's a video that we're going to, it has a prayer on it. It's a couple minute video, a prayer of blessing. And you guys, I'm going to give you a special permission to keep your eyes open to look at the words today. Uh, but after, after the video, I'm going to have a prayer of blessing as well uh, for our kids, for our church, for our families. Um, and then we're going to close with a song, um, a chorus. So go ahead and do you have the video ready? All right, go ahead and run the video. Pay attention to the, the song. Today, Lord, the words. we pray for our children as they leave summer behind and begin another school year. We pray the word of God over each one of them, over all their steps. May you be a lamp for their feet and a light for their path. Over all their friendships, may they choose their friends wisely and may their friends refresh their souls. Over all their challenges, may they remember you are in their midst, the mighty one who saves, who rejoices over them and who quiets them by your love over all their decisions. May they trust in and acknowledge you, Lord, and not lean on their own understanding. Over all their influence. May they do everything in love, Lord, as you have loved them. Over all their trials. May they be strong and courageous 
remembering that you go with them and will not leave or forsake them. You are their refuge and fortress over all their triumphs. May they always give thanks to you, Lord, who gives victory through Christ Jesus. Through every day, Lord, may they remember the privilege of an education as they dwell in your shelter and rest in your shadow. For you are the almighty God and your word stands forever. Let's all stand together as I close us in prayer. But remember, we're going to have a song right after I pray. And the kids, you can just, I don't know, can they stay up here or do they need to move, Lorena? They can stay here? Okay. The praise team will make their way up. And um, you guys can just stay here and we'll, we'll sing this uh, together at the end. Let's bow together for a word of blessing. Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you for how you've blessed us in our personal lives, in our families, in our church. In so many ways, you have blessed us with health, resources, children, grandchildren. You have blessed us beyond measure, homes, cars, we could go on and on. All the things we have in our house, the furnishings, the fact that we own property, which really belongs to you. God, you have blessed us in so many ways. You bless us with gifts for the church to use to promote your glory. You bless us with the opportunity to get an education and develop skill that we might bring glory and honor to you through those skills and gifts and talents and abilities. God, we thank you for these young people, the many young people that you've blessed us with in this church and the homes that they are a part of. God, I pray that you will bless the parents as they raise these children to fear you and know you and model that for them, to walk in obedience to you. I pray that these children will stand against the culture that is screaming against the Bible, that defames your name, that diminishes your glory. God, I pray that these young people will be courageous and stand up and you will bless them you will make your face shine upon them so they will reflect the Lord's glory in all that they do, in their schoolwork, in their relationships, in their decisions, in their sporting events, in everything they do that they would glorify you. I pray that you would bless our parents with wisdom and skill and ability in leading their children to fear you and know you. Bless our grandparents as they try to pass on a godly heritage. They want to see their children and grandchildren succeed and walk in the ways of God. Bless our farmers in a tough year. 
Oh God, that you would encourage them and provide for them in ways that only you can. And know that you are faithful. God, bless our church as only you can. We thank you for the gift of the church that you have given to us as believers. And that we would honor you in how we lead it. We would honor you in everything that we do to promote your glory and your gospel. We pray this blessing in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is Bethesda M B. Org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.